yesterday I was doing an obituary for uh, Phil Spector, the famous record producer who ended up shooting someone and going in prison for the rest of his life. Now he's dead because he got COVID uh, in prison. And um, <laughs> that was a disgusting belch. But <laughs> I was trying to be, I was like, let's just go past that. <laughs> yeah, you usually laugh, and then I get encouraged. So this time you were kind of—you look kind of grossed out. You were just like, "Ah, oh, oh, God, that was." Let's, let's pretend that didn't happen. No, I was talking about Phil Spector, and I, I you know, the—I was talking about uh, he produced a group called the Ronettes, of course, and then the Crystals. He had early success in his life, and um, I see uh, Lala Brooks is on the phone here in New York, who was in the Crystals. I happen to know that. Yeah. Hi, Lala. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, you know, Lala wanted to tell a few stories about Phil Spector, but you know what? I do know of you, Lala. Weren't, didn't you work with Phil Spector like you were 13 years old? You were a backup singer for some sessions or something? No, what happened was I was discovered by one of the girls in the group, Judy's mom, when I was in school. I was like, 12 and a half. And then I joined the group when I was 13. Unreal. After Imagine she that. Singer, she heard, yeah, yeah. The mother, Didi's mom worked in my school at PS73 in Brooklyn. And we used to go to over, um, after school programs. And we could do some recreations or whatever. And so I heard this piano playing one day. And I followed it in the hallway. And it was this guy playing. And I started singing. And Didi's mom, but she was in the group. And they had just started. They were together about three months or four months or whatever. Not that long. I was 12 and a half. And she said, was that you singing with the big voice? And I said, yeah. And um, that was history. She went by my house, talked to my mom. And I you know, was in a group at 13, but I had a guardian. I started with a guardian at 13 on the road with me. I never was alone. Just, you know, throwing me in a group. And then I was taken out of a public school. I was put into a private school. It's an amazing story. I mean, you know, there's so many stories in rock and roll, but um, Lala described, like, I mean, I remember what I was like as a 12-year-old. I was a total loser. Yeah, I mean, did I, nothing, had no skills. Yeah, and I imagine, like, you know, and I was also such a nebbish that, like, I mean, <laughs> the idea that somebody would pick me out, pluck me out, and put me in a hit group, you know, and it's just crazy. Yeah, but it was this incredible voice. And had you even ever had a music lesson, or did you sing in church? Well, I sang in church. I sang gospels in church when I was seven, and I had my brother and my sister. We were called the Little Gospel Tears. So I did uh -huh. have training with with gospel. Yeah. Were you I like? have been working since seven. So when you're twelve, did you like like? How soon do you, does like the do run run come? Like, let me play the song for people who don't know it. Like how long? Like how old were you when that that song came out? I was fifteen. I recorded that when I was fifteen. Wow! And the Christmas album, everything I did with, in California, I was fifteen. I did with Phil on the lead. Unbelievable. And three years after that, three years after that, 13, when I joined the group, because, see, when I joined the group, they, were, they had one song out, There's No Other Like My Baby. Barbara Austin did that song, because I was only 13. Like I, I t turned 13 when I did my first tour with 
when we did our first tour with James Brown. So by me being the baby, they were older than me of the group. Barbara, Phil was in New York then. He didn't go to California. The Crystals started Phil Spector with There's No Other Like My Baby by Barbara Alston. And then Barbara did Uptown and I did the background with, that's where you got the story from the background because I was on the background of Barbara's things. And then all of a sudden, Phil knew my voice was different than Barbara's. Barbara's a softer. And, um, you know, it's history. I, I had two great songs that he kissed me to do. And then other ones I did with Phil. And the when you're that young, that though, when you're that young and you have that kind of success, like, do you become a, a, a major kind of brat? Or were you, did you have your head screwed on straight? <laughs> yeah, I did because I was in the, you know, I came from Brooklyn. And I was in the neighborhood of people that was all from all different nationalities. And I remember we was on the Dick, Dick, Dick Clark show. And um, downstairs, I went. My, we lived in like an apartment building, and my mother was a window watcher. She could do, you know how the elbows get all rusty because you watch people in the window. My mother yeah. was that kind of person. You know, she watched people in the window. So I went to the store. We had just finished a Dick Clark show on television, and I went to the store. And this man named Paul, I'll never forget his name, came out the door, and he was, you know, he was an alcoholic. But that didn't matter to my mom. So. I, I, I used to hear them say, you know, Paul is an alcoholic, you know, he drinks a lot. So I'm a kid. It's going to take, it's going to have an effect on me, and I'm going to be thinking, okay, Paul's an alcoholic. So I'm walking down the street, and Paul comes up to me, and he puts his arms around me, and I did that, you know, like, don't touch me. And my mother must look out the window, but he was asking me about, you know, or telling me how great the crystals were on Dick Clark, you know, and I was saying, thank you, you know. But the way he was holding me was really respectful and nothing. But he was really proud of me because he was one of, the neighbors in the building. And I did one of those shoves, like, I'm, I'm a star, you know, whatever. And my mother saw that gesture because she knew her, her, her daughter. So when I got upstairs, she said, um, she said, Lala, uh, what was Mr. Paul saying to you? I said, oh, he said he saw us on the Dick Park show. And she said, what did you answer? And I told him, yeah, we was on there. She said, but I saw your attitude. She said, let me tell you one thing. She said, who do you think you are? She said, that's Mr. Paul. He's older than you, whether he's an alcoholic or not. There's the way that you act as a child. And she said, if you ever do your shoulders like this, somebody, she said, you will never be on stage ever again. So from that day on, I never was a cocky person. I never was, wow. you know. Your mom set you straight. All that. Yeah, your mom yeah. set you straight. Yeah, that's amazing. So why yeah. do you think, you know, you worked with Phil Spector. I was talking about how crazy he was in the studio and, and holding, you know, guns. And, you know, obviously he, he was an eccentric, to say the least, maybe a psychopath. Why why was Phil so nice to you? Why didn't he kill you? Ah. <laughs> maybe because I had six brothers. <laughs> yeah, that's Good it. Question. He knew better. Yeah, yeah. Was, Phil, was Phil ever inappropriate with you in any way, whether uh, sexually or... Um, you know, Did he make guns? you take off your shirt because you were sweating so much singing a song? <laughs> <laughs> no. And you know what about the gun thing is it's funny when you're a child, you don't think about anything because I'm, I'm, I'm 13, but I have a mind of like a 12 year old because, you know, in those days, your parents were strict. You couldn't only go but so many seats down the street. So we were really grounded. But I remember being in the studio and Phil used to have the guns in a holster and he used to swing them around and Put them in his pocket, and I used to oh watch it, but goodness. I never knew they. I never knew they were loaded. I never knew. I mean, I wouldn't know if they were loaded. I would because see, when we were kids, my older brothers used to do that. They used to put on hostess, spin them around, and see who could put them in their, their in a hostess fast. So in my mind, 
he was doing what my brothers used to do with play guns. But yeah, I you know, it's so weird, Lala, I, because because here's a guy, you know, you, you got to figure out really where you're at with this guy, because he really was a musical genius. The wall of sound, all of the music he put out, he could write music, he produced music, he had an original sound. So he really was a genius. But he was so kind of such a screwball. You know, he couldn't, he couldn't. So, so like you remember him for all the great music, you know, even working with the Ramones and working with the Beatles and working with individual Beatles. I mean, the list goes on and on. But where do you, do you remember him fondly? Because certainly he, 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 he put you on the charts and he, he created the crystals. Or do you think of him as somebody that you just don't want to think about? You know what? When he when I when he passed away, a fan wrote me. You know, text me. You know what, Howard? I started crying, and then my agent called me. And while my when my agent called me, I was in the midst of the emotional thing. So he said, oh, "Are you all right?" He said, "I called you for that." And I just first time I said to my agent, "You know, I feel stupid because you know we went through so much with Phil." But and he said, "Just cry it out because you know I'm 13." You know, and Phil was good to me because I was a child. He wasn't the type of person that would be a pedophilia, you know, but um, it's just the fact that I think that Phil, you know, if you look at Phil's childhood, you know, his father committed suicide, you know, in the car and, you know, killed himself when he was eight. His mother, um, his sister was like a small, more of a century, like a cuckoo bird, yelling all the time. And his mom, Bertha, she was very, very passive, but she was married to a cousin, his first cousin. And then Phil... I remember him telling the story, or, or so, Sonny Bowler telling me a story, whatever. But, you know, Phil, when he was in one of the schools in the Bronx, kids used to get in the stall and urinate on him, you know, oh, because geez. he was very tiny. He was very small. So I guess that kind of eccentric, that kind of crazy thing came from sometime his childhood. You know, your father commits suicide. That's why he wrote that record. He wrote that song when he was in a teddy bears to know, know, know him is to love him. Phil wrote that song. But because yeah. of this, and that's on his. And that's on his father's tombstone to know him. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, you know. But but, you know, it's weird. Like even your life, you you sued uh, Phil, didn't you? Like you you were denied a lot of money. You were owed money. Um, You know, yeah, I mean, you know, like a lot of artists, you got ripped off. So do you do you blame Phil for that? You know what? Alan Klein was involved, too. You know, Alan Klein. Yeah, I know. Manager of the Beatles for a while or something. Yeah, all of them was in. I, you know what? The only thing I remember, I think, I'm not angry because Phil made millions off of the Do Run Run. Then he kissed me when I did the leads and all the Christmas album. And Mariah Carey, show you how great that album was. A Christmas gift for you. Mariah Carey copied everything from Phil's album that we did. And if you read Tommy Mottola's book, Tommy Mottola took Mariah Carey on the side and said, "Do this Christmas album." I read his book. A Christmas album, Mariah was like, no, 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 because it's old like Frank Sinatra does Christmas albums. He said, look, listen to this record, A Christmas Gift from You by Phil Spector, who was a genius and you want to do an album. So all of that comes from Phil Spector's album, um, Christmas Gift for You, that we did. You know what I'm saying? But people don't know that because, you know, you think of today. But I think, um, I think we're, I would think we're hurt because Phil made millions and we weren't rich kids. We were poor. You know, you could have been, the checks could have been bigger or, or could have been fair. I remember receiving $1,000, um, all five of us at the time, 
when I was in a group, and we all went to the bank and we cashed this $1,000 check, the five of us, because we started out with five. So I think the hurt, the pain from us being not rich, our families were poor, and you mean to tell me at my age, when I got married very young, and one of my kids, I was my first baby, and I remember maybe I was 20, 21, and I remember calling Phil's office, and his secretary was very sweet. And I'd say, I'd be hearing myself on the radio all the time, and naturally it would ring a bell and think about money. And I'd say, Phil, listen, I'm married. I could use the money. And the secretary would say, yeah, Lala, I'm the tell Phil. I'd say, could he just send a check, some royalty check, some, something that, you know. So at the end of the day, I didn't sue him at first. Because I was a baby and I didn't know too much about it. And I was, af- I was afraid. The Didi and them, the group sued him. And then they needed me because they were saying one fist is really powerful to try to sue him. So I did it for the girls, too. And they ended up doing something ridiculous on me. is because when I was joining them to sue Phil, they sort of went against me indirectly. is because Phil was going to give me more, like 5%, when they were going to 1% because I was the lead singer. But at the end of the day, none of us really got anything that much. Of Jeez, anything. We get amazing. a few amazing. now because of. We were uh, we were playing pop psychiatrist yesterday, and Robin and I were talking about how Phil, you know, probably got away with murder, literally, with, with because you know people because he was so talented, people would put up with his behavior. Like John Lennon, famously, he he shot a gun off during a recording session with John Lennon, like shot a live round. And John said, either kill me or, or, um, or, or, j- but just don't ruin my ears. That gun is too loud. Like, like who would, a, who would even work with a guy after he shot off a live round? But you know, when someone's that talented, they get a pass. And so, you know, they get away with a lot of stuff. It's a, it's a weird thing. Fame and, and power and talent and how the, the rest of the world lets you have a pass. If you've if you've got all those things going for you, and uh, but yeah, you know, I, you go ahead, Lala. I, I was going to say I think you know being around Phil so much in the studio and Sonny Bono, Sonny Bono wasn't treated the best in the studio with Phil because he had to say yes when he wanted to say no, but Sonny Bono was smart enough to to, to absorb and to take everything in musically. But he was a genius because I'd be in the studio and it'd be about forty musicians. And I'm not lying. How it would be as 40 musicians or more and two kettle drums, two drummers and strings and everything. Phil could sit in that booth and tell him to stop and know which violin player came in either late, too quick, or was not on the right note. Wow. Or, the, you know, that's how smart he was. And this is a violin player. And he would be able to point him out. And then, you know, Glenn Campbell was in the studio all the time before he became Glenn Campbell. He was the studio guy working with Phil, and he would call Glenn Campbell out. Glenn Campbell would look at him like, I'm a, I'm a great musician. I'm a, like a, a prodigy, whatever. And Phil would maybe talk with him about a note or whatever. So, you know, you have all of these 40 musicians playing, and you mean to tell me you could pick out one sound or one note? So he was a genius. I'm sure that well, there was a softness in his heart. But what were, you know, were those recordings? It. Were those rec- you, when you were twelve or thirteen and you start working with Phil Spector? Were there some of those recording sessions like all nighters? Like he, he didn't give a a damn whether you were up all night or not, right? No, I was tired. Let me tell you something. I was thirteen, and I I I'd go in the studio with you know Sonny would pick me up at the Knickerbocker Hotel, and I would go to the studio. I'd sometimes I'd get there about twelve in the afternoon or one. And I would be up until like five o'clock in the morning. Sunny and us and Cher would go. We would go to a diner 
And we'd be breakfast at six o'clock in the morning because that's how long sometimes you have, you go from one take to about 50, 50 something takes. I'm a child, you know, and, but you couldn't say anything because I was afraid because I'm a kid. I wanted to satisfy Phil because, you know, he didn't treat me as bad as because I was a child and, and, um, and the hunger would put in, Phil was not the type of person, you know, that would, you know, like when you go to studios, they order pizza, their sandwiches and stuff. No, when those guys, the wrecking crew would look at him like Phil was tired, he would say, all right, all right, everybody take a break. So you'd see them walk out and they'd get their own food. I was hungry. So I used to go to the vending machine and I used to get like a Coca-Cola and peanuts because I know that peanuts would fill me up with the, with the self-coke. But Phil would stay on that um, console booth and he would put his feet up on the desk and all he had was peanuts and raisins, maybe something to drink. So he wasn't a person that would eat either. So he never thought about anyone else. You know, so a recording session would go thing. from noon. It uh, wouldn't be unusual for a recording session to go from noon to 4 a.m. And you're 13 years old. Yeah, I was a kid. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was tired. You know, and what I, was Sonny Bono doing there? Was he an assistant to Phil Spector? Was that how he kind of learned the music business? You know what? He was not. He was Phil Spector's right hand man. So even hmm. Sonny had an opinion. His opinion could not be talked because if he said too much, Sonny, Sonny would say too much. Phil would say, shut up, Sonny, shut up. <laughs> Poor Sonny. <laughs> Poor Sonny. Well, that's why he was busy bossing Cher around. I needed. He, he, he was said, trying to be. This is how you treat people. You just yeah, yell I mean, at yeah. Them. yeah. Just, uh, hey, Lala. It's good. It's really good to talk to you. I mean, uh, wow. What a what a treat that you called in. I, I didn't know you were a fan or a listener of the show, but uh, I love I that do, you. I do. I my, do. My nephews. Everybody listen to you. <laughs> uh, you're the best. All right, Lala. Thanks for remembering Phil Spector. And uh, sharing some of those stories with us. You're the best. Thank you very much. Thank you, Robin. Bye-bye. Bye, Lala. I love the name Lala. I love the name Lala. It's such a great name. Lala. We can only think of La. What can we put with it? Oh, La. La. (laughs) It's such a sexy name. As a guy, when I hear Lala, I go, oh, I want to have sex with you. It doesn't even matter what you look like. Lala Brooks. What do you know? There is so many great stories in rock and roll. I am a fan of those stories. Yes. You know, because, you know, it's it's funny. I I'm, I really recommend. Uh, it, 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 there's a special on Netflix that Martin Scorsese produced. It's um it's basically just interviews with Fran Lebowitz. I'm a very big uh, Fran Lebowitz fan. The photographer. Fran Lebowitz. No, no, no. You're you're thinking of. I'm um, thinking of uh, somebody. Annie else. Lebowitz. He's, no. Annie Fran, Lebowitz. So, so Fran is the writer. Fran Lebowitz is the writer. Okay. And I've read all her books, and I've been a fan for years. I read Social Studies, and uh, she's written a couple others. But Martin Scorsese, Scazy, or whatever the fuck his name is, you know, and I, sometimes they say Scazy, Scazy, but Martin Scorsese, he, um, <laughs> he's a great film director. We all know that, but I guess he's a fan of Fran Lebowitz, too. So for Netflix, he does this uh, documentary where she's just basically walking through Manhattan and and, uh, you know, talking about various things and subjects. She's just so fucking witty. It's ridiculous. No, but she's anyway. brilliant. Yeah. She is yeah. brilliant. Her very deep thought that woman yeah. is in. I've always, I've always, I used to, I used to love her when she'd go on Letterman. Yeah. Letterman was particularly good with Fran Lebowitz. I remember watching one time and, uh, you know, she's sitting there with Dave 
And um, she had just returned from Japan. Fran Lebowitz was a guest on Letterman. And I like that about Letterman because Letterman would have on these quirky guests who other people wouldn't have. And she's like a real quiet woman. You got to really sit there with her and work her a bit. But if you really listen to what she's saying, she's incredibly bright, witty and funny. And um, and so she had just returned from Japan and she was describing in Japan, everybody wears masks. You have a cold, you wear a mask. And she says to Letterman, I'm a hypochondriac. So Japan is like the, per- the perfect place for me because everyone there wears a mask and I, and I love it. And if they have a cold, they wear a mask. And, and as a hypochondriac, I really appreciate Japan. And Letterman says to her, where do you suppose your hypochondria comes from? And she said, oh, a fear of disease. <laughs> fear of disease uh, yes yeah but it was like like she she didn't miss a beat she said yeah That's fear right. of disease and a right. very droll way and i would thought oh wow i'm a real fan of this woman that 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 really just made me dig her uh i just thought that that was really funny and um anyway so i recommend you watch this on netflix but um there was a reason i brought her up in in terms of la la and singing and music oh, i know what it was so Fran Leibowitz was was talking about artists, musicians, painters. She made a good point. I, I was watching it last night, and uh, she was talking about if you're really brilliant at something, if you're really good at it, you have to hate it. Like, she hates being a writer. And well, if she this says makes, she's had writer's block for about 20 years or something. Yeah. And I... um. I really liked when she said that because I've always hated being on the radio. I've hated it. I love it, but I hate it. It's all I wanted to do since I was five years old is be on the radio. But the truth be told, the reason I hate it is because I care so much about it. And so even with painting, I relate to this. I don't want to be good at something. I want to be great at it. And if you want to be great at something, I mean, truly one of the greats, whether it be a painter, I'm talking about the arts, a writer, a musician. Anything can be artistic, though. I mean, if you're yeah. a carpenter and you can carve some great <clears throat> arch to make a beautiful piece of furniture, that's art. Yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not saying no, but but if you want to be one of the greats, if you tell me you love doing it, you're probably not great at it. Like I, I hear from people who tell me, Oh, I'm in radio now too. I go, Oh, really? What, where do you work? Uh, oh, I have a podcast. I go, I go, how do you like doing it? Oh, I love it. I love it. I go once a week and, I, and I'm like, Oh, of course you love it because you're putting no effort into it. You're, you're probably just going on there and boring the piss out of everybody. You're just fucking, you know, you're, you're treating it like it's, you should have anxiety about it. You should worry about every element of it. You you should care about your audience. Same with painting. I, you know, I see some people who paint. They don't put in. They, they kind of go half-assed at it. And it looks like a child drew something. You know, it's like they don't go the full effort. They don't really go the distance. And I see the great painters. They went the distance. They They labored over every detail, every grain of sand. That's how they became great. You know. And, and, and Fran Lebowitz said this. She goes, I, early on, I took up the cello. I stopped playing it because I realized I was never going to be great at it. I'd be good at it, maybe. I'd be okay at it. But I didn't, was an inter- I, I, I didn't have what it took to be great at something. 
And 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 it's the same thing with like Eddie Van Halen. Yes, Eddie Van Halen probably had musical talent, but what he had more of was that he wanted to be great at the guitar. He was singularly driven. He was insanely driven, this guy, Eddie Van Halen. He probably wasn't the greatest guitar player when he started. He probably was not someone people said, gee, that kid could be the greatest guitar player that ever lived. You know, it's the same reason I stopped playing chess. I couldn't handle my personality can't be I can't handle being good at something. I was pretty good for a guy my age playing chess, but I wasn't great at it. And I knew I never would be. I started too late in life. And you used to yell at me for jumping from thing to thing to thing. Well, that's, listen, you have got, now I decided with painting that I don't enjoy painting, by the way. That's how I know I could potentially be great at it because I hate it. I suck. I berate myself the whole time. Uh, I'm in the middle of working on a painting that I can't figure out how to do this complex scene that I'm painting. And I hate it. And I hate myself for it. I hate, I hate that I suck so bad. And I sit there the whole time and go, you suck. <laughs> but I won't stop working on it. It's the only way you get great. Well, I knew I was never going to be great at those things. They were I could see the great ones. I was never going to be able to jump a five-foot rail on a horse. That would kill me. So Fran Lebowitz told Letterman, I remember this. I'm not a nervous person, she said. I'm not afraid to be on TV. I'm only afraid when I write. When I'm at my desk, I feel like um, most people would feel if they went on TV. So the fear, that's why she's a great writer. But all of this tied in with Phil Ramone and, um, and the Lala? Crystals. What? And Lala. And yeah, Lala. I, yeah. Yeah. Lala. I don't know where I was going with it, but it, it, it is. There's so many great stories in rock and roll. Well, maybe it's the dedication Phil had to getting it right, that he would be up all night and he was, it probably killed him. He hated it and loved it, couldn't stop, and 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 made everyone else crazy, too. Yeah, maybe that was it. I don't know. But it's, it's real. I love the stories in rock and roll of people creating these songs that, and, and this is what Fran uh, Leibowitz was talking about, too. She said, music more than anything gets us all it really does it gets us all like i love music so much i'm not a musician but i do love listening to it it has such an effect on my mood writing songs people who can write songs the reason we hold them in high regard is that we all relate to music we don't even know why we don't know it's why it's human beings like they're communicating for us i would have said that but i didn't know how you're right you know exactly. i felt that way you know right right it's like oh man when i like when i hear certain songs I'm just like, oh, my God, these guys, I always thought the Beatles were more important to me than any religion. When John Lennon said we're probably bigger than Jesus Christ, uh, he got attacked for it. I said, oh, yeah, you are. I remember thinking of these guys as like giving me more inspiration in life, giving me more of a feeling than anything I've ever felt in my life. I'm, I'm a guy who was taught early on, you hide your emotions from yourself. But the music would break through that. If I listened yeah. to music. I was like, oh, my God, this is just unbelievable. You know, the, the Beatles music, the Stones, the Zeppelin, all that stuff early on just spoke to me. And to me, these guys had a bigger influence in my life. I wanted to be like them. 
Um, they spoke to me in, in, the, in the way that religious services couldn't speak to me. A teacher couldn't speak to me. My parents couldn't speak to me. My friends couldn't speak to me. But these guys spoke to me. I mean, I was like, I'd, I'd go out and listen to anything they had to say. So you'd not you know, only go out and listen to anything they had to say, you wanted to hear them speak. You yep. wanted to see what they were wearing because they opened your mind. So music to me was you places. Yeah. Music, music to me was the most important art form more than anything, you know, even more than filmmakers or writers. And anyway, she makes all these points. So I recommend you uh, watch the special. You might, she might well, not be your thing. I don't know thing. if she says it in that one, but there's always, there's something she said that has always resonated with me. And that was that it is incumbent upon an audience to broaden their perspective. The audience has a part in this too, because the artist can't get greater if the, if the audience just wants to hear the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. It is incumbent upon an audience to grow. Oh, I got to pick this up. This is Ralph. I got to talk to him. I, I, I had a long huh. conversation with Jimmy Kimmel last night about Ralph. Oh, really? Hey, Ralph. Okay. Yeah. Can I say something about Fran Leibowitz first before you start whatever okay. you're going to do to me? Sure. Uh, I, I I saw that documentary too, and I've seen her before, and I'm like, okay, she's sort of interesting, you know. I watch it. Meanwhile, I had no idea how great she is. I when I got to the end of it, I, I couldn't stop watching them. I just put it on, you know, did some other things, and then I started looking for stuff on YouTube. I mean, she's just opinionated and smart, and I agree with like everything she says. It's just yeah, I would um. Just, she's just a she's a brilliant woman and uh i've always been a fan and i i don't know that you read books ralph but you should read her books they're really good um but the special is called pretendence she she actually mentioned an interesting book and i was like you know what i might actually read that look at you look at you robin just said it you got to get it it's a robin Robin, you got to ralph is expanding his what is that the franchise the audience it's incumbent upon the audience to grow yes ralph's growing i have a i have a quote from her your bad your bad habits can kill you but your good habits won't save you that's a great quote right let's talk about all these people who don't smoke don't do this don't do that but you know eat right no, it's not going to save you, but if you smoke too much, it'll kill you. Yeah. Well. Okay. Well, you need to hear her say it. <laughs> yeah. When you say when you quote Fran Leibowitz, I don't know. It kind of doesn't, doesn't sound seem so brilliant. Like, yeah. <laughs> she also inspired anyway. me. Do you know? Do you know you can become a judge without being a lawyer? That's true. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I, I think I have some direction now. I want to be a judge. You are very judgmental. You are, you mm-hmm. said you finally hit on something, but um, anyway, and I can make snap judgments too. It won't take me long. You anyway, know, I was well. thinking about Ralph last night because he was on the air with us yesterday, and Ralph happened to mention that he got kicked off of Twitter. He, like the president, he got kicked off of Twitter. <laughs> and I said to Ralph during the conversation, "You know, Ralph, why did you get kicked off the off of Twitter?" And Ralph goes, ah, "I don't really know. I don't know what happened." And I said to him, you know, I, I think you do know what happened. You know, how I think, do you not know, huh? Yeah, how do you not know? So, like, you know Jimmy what and you've I been were writing. Jimmy and I were talking last night about some shit, and then uh, he goes, "By the way, I agree with you. I think Ralph knows exactly why he was kicked off Twitter." I said, "Yeah." I said, "You know, I kind of let him off the hook." So, 
I said to the guys this morning, see if you can go on some account and see if well, you, let's let's read Ralph's last twenty tweets and we'll figure out why the fuck he got kicked off of Twitter. <laughs> there could be it could, and I would guarantee if you can pull him up, it could be one of any one of those twenty. Well, mean, why don't you read just, them to me? Read me your last twenty tweets. I, I, I want to see why I can't log into my account. Oh, you it's don't gone. even have like you don't have the ability to no. see your old account. Oh, wow. No. If so I, you're going to sit here up, and lie to me and say that you don't know I'm not why lying. you got kicked? Wait, 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 wait. What you am don't I lying know. About? The, first of all, did, don't they send you a note or some sort of email or a text that says, "Here's why you're being okay. kicked off of Twitter"? You, you want? Here's the full story. So, like maybe it was before Christmas, like a month or so ago, I wrote something and they sent me an email and they said take it down kind of thing so i took it down but what was the what what did you write that they asked you to take down you know i don't remember i'll tell you kind of what it, it was something about there was some there was some horrible person who cuomo was like involved with i don't remember i i i have to look at my email because they send it to you they they you know they sent it to me yeah. So and, how do you not remember why you got kicked off of Twitter? That's pretty well, I know, major. I, like, I, I'm telling you, it was something. There was some some criminal who did something horrible, and Cuomo was dealing with him or something. And I said, I retweeted or something. I said, yes, you have my permission to kill him or something like that. Oh. And they sent me like take that down. <laughs> so I took it down. So that was you the see, first warning. You see, Robin, that was the, all right, that was the that first was, war. You see, first of all, let me just interrupt you for a second. First warning. <laughs> let me say something to you. You know, me I, Robin. I hate to bring this up because it is painful to Ralph and to me. But, I mean, Ralph used to be a frequent guest in my home. Um, you know, he was a guy. I consider Ralph a close friend. I enjoy Ralph. I really like Ralph as a person. And I get great enjoyment from hanging out with him. But literally, I had to ban ban banish him from my home i mean i'd invite people you were over like twitter you had to get rid of it <laughs> yeah, yeah i would invite people over. yeah I, I would invite ralph over and repeatedly and i'd have him over with some really great people i'm not a snob you know ralph's not uh you know some sort of guy who's uh you know some rich famous guy or anything he's just ralph from jersey and, and me, I had a good time with those people some other time. That, uh, that hold on. Just a hold on. Night. Come on. Hold on. And keep in mind, OJ is still on Twitter, by the way. Ralph isn't. OJ is following the rules. <laughs> OJ is able to maintain a Twitter account. So, Well, you know, this also points to. out something else. Nobody's putting up with Ralph's bullshit. You know? That's right. Like, well, I did. I'm going to tell you something. I put up with Ralph's bullshit. You went too far with Ralph? Every so time is, Ralph wait, would wait, come wait, over, so what there would your, be... What, 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 I'm what gonna is get your to my point, point of this. Just to, just to beat me up with the story again. I no. feel bad about it. No, no, not to beat you up with it, but I want to put it all into perspective because I'm teaching you now. I'm giving you the benefit of my wisdom. Well, no, I'm just pointing sure out, like Phil Spector, everybody forgave his b- BS, and right. a woman wound up dying. Nobody's taking Ralph's bullshit. They just throw him off. <laughs> well, you know, in a way, I did take his bullshit for a long time. So I'd have Ralph over, and then there'd be an incident. You know, whether he vomited in my washing machine and had a car- I found carrots in there or he pissed. You know, I took him to a concert. And he peed in front of the security people and I get oh, out of a geez. car. You know, whatever it was he was doing. 
or he's ringing my neighbor's doorbells because he's too drunk and he doesn't remember where he is. And he's, and he's like, how do I get to Howard Stern's house? Whatever the fuck he's doing. And then or he gets into a fight with one of my guests. Whatever the behavior you was, I would explain. It, it sounds like you're the idiot, not me. Yes, I am. Oh, this is not your fault. I mean, Ralph, no, it's not. This, you know. You know, Ralph, we're having lunch at noon. Can you hold my lunch till two o'clock? And oh, you know, like whatever it was, whatever it was, you know. You're hey, Ralph, same. don't bring a, you, you have don't such bring a glass. Issues. Don't bring a glass to the pool. He brings a glass to the pool. Whatever the fuck it is, you know. Right. Okay. Whatever it was, it, right. you get into fights with people, and then finally one day I got smart and I said, Ralph, you're no longer coming to my home. That's it. And even Beth will say to me from time to time, "Do you think we could have Ralph back?" I go, "No." No way. No fucking way. I, 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 you know, like Twitter, you finally come to your senses with this guy, you know, I, because I love him so much. I love Ralph so much and I enjoy him so much. I always I think love you too. Be- and I tell you, I feel bad. I felt so bad about that incident. And, you know, and those times before when I was there and stuff happened, it, it was like, but I was you know, enabling you have a you. certain way of doing things. And I'm not that like, you know, yeah, I don't tell don't people. I don't tell people I, I'm going to fuck their wives. I don't tell people. I'm, I know. No, I know. No, I'm. I'm a square. I'm a square. I'm just. I'm not saying you're square. I'm not saying anything like that. Don't get like that. I'm just. No, you're, you're saying you have saying. a different. You have a different way of doing things. But the things you do, there was because one guy I wanted to beat eat, you up. One guy wanted eat to it. fight you. Okay, but I didn't eat. Want to eat at seven o'clock in the morning? And because so I'm, I'm not running a restaurant. No. No, you didn't want to eat at noon when everyone else was having lunch, and it's not a restaurant; it's someone's home. Why are you bringing? You don't understand. So you when right, you get so invited. Hundred years ago, it was a hundred years ago. Why are you even bringing it up? He because wants to make now, sure he doesn't invite you again. That's what you got to keep remembering. In case I, in case I get weak and invite you back here, I gotta, I hey, gotta you know keep what I repeating love about it. Fran Leibowitz? What? <laughs> <laughs> no, listen. You're right. I don't vomit in my washing machine. You do. I'm a square. Let's assume my rules are I didn't so- say you were a square. See, you're getting defensive. I well, didn't I'm say that. saying I do have a different way of doing things. I don't start fights with people when I'm at someone else's house. Okay. All right. You know, I don't tell them that but their you work is shitty. House and you, you shut the door I, on the band. You leave early. I did I mean, not shut the know, door on the band. I closed the windows because I was it. cold. No, I well, didn't. Okay. I didn't. That's I know what I did. Me. Gary I was invited was back. I was invited back. Well, that's because you're both. But you leave a burning cigarette on a bar at a house I'm renting, and it left burn marks on the bar. So, I, you know, yeah, he did. Do you have, do you have everything logged? You have like yes. a book. Yes. He, he doesn't I, be, even have notes in front of them. This is burned into his this is off the This is off the top of my head. Imagine <laughs> if I had notes. But, Ralph. Listen, listen to me. I'm sorry. What, what, I'm, what more the do you reason want? I'm, the what reason more do you I'm, want that? I'm sorry. Here's what I'm saying. Like being at my house. It, it, when you go on Twitter, there were certain, I mean, I don't know too many people who have been completely booted off Twitter. You kind of know you can't say, hey, go ahead and kill somebody. You know what I mean? You know. I know. Listen, I'm telling you, I was just in a, like, you know how those people are on there, first of all who hit you and yeah i don't know how many people i blocked because they said something about you i didn't like like oh howard's at this and he's that and i just block them and they're just i just got sucked into it they're incessant they they, they riled me up and 
I but you know you can't say so. So what was so, so that was your first offense? They didn't even kick you off for saying you would kill that guy. What was the thing that got you kicked off? I don't know. I didn't look. I didn't read my email. I didn't look for it. I'm just well, like, read the okay, email now. Can you look up the email right now? Yeah, let's get to the bottom of this. The audience wants to know, you got kicked off Twitter. That's a major thing. Yeah, people you know are trying not to get I'll, kicked I'll, off. I'll, I mean, I'll, I know why the president got kicked off. Post. He incited a fucking riot. <laughs> He's the president now, listen, of the United you know States. What? It's, 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 listen, and that's bullshit. Maybe I should be kicked off, but they kicked off Trump for saying he wasn't going to show up at the inauguration. That's no, why they kicked him off. No, you know why they kicked him off. You know why they kicked him off. The idiots who follow him were getting s- signals from him that it was okay to go to the Capitol and create a, a nightmare. Sure. And, you know, there was I mean, no you know how close we came. They, do you know how, how close we came to, to, do you know how close yeah. we came to losing our democracy? I mean, here's a guy who was president of the United States was picking up the phone and calling a Republican officials in Pennsylvania and saying, hey, man, or Georgia, hey, man, you got to find, you got to, you got to find some votes for me. I mean, I need about think about 11, that. thousand. <laughs> and think about how there's no repercussions for that. It would be the same if I keep inviting Ralph back to my house. Okay, and so what? So why didn't they ban him when uh, when his people tried to kidnap Governor Whitmer? They Do should you remember have. Remember that months ago? Yeah, they, they so, should have. You know, they're doing it now, and it's a little too late. All right, but anyway, yeah, let's but get back Ralph, to you. They have to give a little bit of leeway to a president. They don't have to give it to you. Hey, listen, I mean, they I'm were, not they were in the, I, Trump's people wanted to kill Mike Pence and and take Nancy Pelosi and hang her. I mean, it was fucking insane what was going yeah, on. Yeah, and this is you why know? I go insane on Twitter because these people, this, this life, these this, everything that's going on is making me crazy. I can't believe you know, I can't believe what people are doing and they're getting away with it and they're so completely dumb. They're just fucking dumb, and it drives me crazy. And now I'm not on Twitter, and I don't see it as much, and I'm much calmer. But and what, what my point is, email say? Yeah, yeah, you see, I want to get back to this. <laughs> yeah, You're I'm avoiding lo- the topic looking, because for Ralph to be kicked off of Twitter, I'm fascinated by I mean, I want to point this out. Bill Cosby is in prison, but his Twitter account is still active. Like, he, <laughs> he, has, been, he has done terrible things to people, and he has Listen. a Twitter account. Listen, he can manage to be yeah. not kicked off Twitter. Bill Cosby understands the rules bad. better than Ralph. <laughs> you don't think I know it's bad? I mean, come on. So tell okay. me what you did. You know what you did. This is the point. I'm looking. Uh, seriously, I am looking. I'm searching Twitter and I can't find subject contains Twitter. I have so many things with Twitter. J.D., uh, do you know why Ralph got kicked off Twitter? Uh, you, you're not a fan of Ralph's tweets. J.D. Uh, Harmeyer, everybody. Go ahead, No, J.D. it's not. It's not. It's he, not what he. he, t- he it's he a, hold on. He listen, Ralph. Be quiet. Shut, shut up. Shut up. Don't, don't talk over J.D. Don't talk Sorry. over me. How dare you? Uh, it's not what he tweets. It's how he tweets. I Ralph can tweet about anything. He tweets about TV shows. for It doesn't bother me. But he double spaces everything. So yeah, it makes caps. Yeah, and in caps, he makes his tweet box bigger than everyone else. So I'm like scrolling through, and all of a sudden there's a big box of Ralph. <laughs> you know, Hello, Ralph. Box of Ralph. <laughs> there it is. Hello. <laughs> Ralph, why, Ralph, why, you know, you're always so aware of people who are annoying. The caps thing, all in caps, <laughs> like with a big double big box and logo. 
Yeah, and it's about like a TV show like Dragnet is on or something. It's like, like, why do you? Yeah, like why? Why (laughs) Ralph tweeting about Dragnet and like (laughs) like it's important. I, I hate. I hate reading things online and there's no space between the thoughts and stuff. So I put space between them. And when it's something I want to emphasize, I, I would capitalize it. And well, I say, you would because. Yeah, yeah, but I you know how annoyed you would be. You would be so annoyed if you were following someone and their, their tweet box was like a mile wide. <laughs> Right, they don't follow me if you don't like it. I, I mean, I, I'm not begging anybody for followers. I was looking, I was getting rid of people. I probably blocked like three thousand people. I, I mean, it, it was like a job getting rid of these idiots. A job, I think I a job. <laughs> no, and a job you get really? paid. Huh? You. Yeah, like a job. Well, that's good. You're close to something, uh, big. I had I like do. a job. Um, I do think I might know I, something. I yeah. I think Ralph uh, sort of equated the uh, Capitol protesters with uh, with the people that were uh, protesting during the summer and like may have used the word animals or something like that. Um, so I think that might have that may have been something that got him in trouble. I'm not sure. I don't know what JD. Just I don't. Said. I don't know. I don't want to know what you mean. I mean, I called those people who attacked the Capitol what? animals. Of course. No, I, mean, I think you talked about horns. the people. Why? Huh? Why insult animals? <laughs> yeah, I know, but like yeah, animals have never tried to overthrow the government. <laughs> no, I think I he was talking about the people. People like that. I think you were talking Shit about the heads. people. Uh, traitors, you know. traitors, traitors. <laughs> what, what, JD? What was I talking about, JD? I think you're talking about the people over the summer uh, protesting br- uh, police brutality and stuff like that. Woo! Over the summer, I just got I just got blocked a day a, a last week or something. And JD, no, I know. Listen. Okay, forget listen, it. JD. Never mind. It, it, uh, okay. If if my tweet if my tweets were so annoying, you didn't like this and that. Why did you follow me? I, I I'm just I'm just fucking around. All right, calm down. JD, Jesus look Christ. at it this way. Mm-hmm. Ralph got fired from a job he wasn't being paid for. <laughs> like he sees his Twitter account as a job, and he got he got fired. And, and by uh, the way, you, their stock is down like you know twenty percent since they kicked me off. I'm just saying. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Were you trying to figure out a way for people to pay to follow you on um, Twitter? No, I wasn't trying to figure out a way. I was, I, I was going to do it. I might do it on Instagram. I mean, like, I, I have I don't to pay to follow about, you. I don't care about number. I don't need a lot of numbers. I, I just like at a certain point, it's like enough. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, what would I you charge? Up, I'm wondering. I don't what know, is your I was plan? Work at a schedule. I was talking to Chris. I was thinking, like, okay, like Chris was advising you, yeah, uh, like twenty bucks for this, or to unblock somebody, they could pay me, and oh my god, I mean, it was more a joke. (laughs) Hey, why not? I'm giving them, uh, I'm giving them content. Twitter wouldn't exist without people giving it. So why am I giving away all these gems for free? Right. (laughs) Chris thinks you were fired. Chris, come on here. You think Ralph got banned because? He was calling the founder of uh, Twitter a Nazi collaborator for not banning well, Trump. Ralph, Ralph said that. <laughs> that I might said, have been it too. Yeah, right. Because so I called up Ralph and I said, you know, geez, it looks like you are suspended, maybe even banned from Twitter. Like uh, you must be upset. He goes, oh, I, I hadn't noticed. I don't know. I'm not sure. Which seemed very kind of flip and blasé. So I'm like, well, something's weird here. I said, well, is there anything you tweeted recently that might have done that, you think? And he goes, well, he goes, 
I did kind of call uh, Jack Dorsey, the founder of Twitter, a Nazi collaborator uh, <laughs> for, for not banning Trump quicker. Uh, that might have done it. I said, I, yeah, that, that might have done it. <laughs> isn't it funny, though? You know, Ralph, you prove a point wait, in a way. Isn't wait, it true? Wait, wait. Let me just, no, but isn't it? Let, let me, me finish a thought. Let me finish a thought. Well, let Calm me down. correct Chris. Let me correct Chris so he gets it right. Because right. Before you go off on this, I so. didn't say that Jack Dorsey was a Nazi collaborator. I said that to Chris. I said I tweeted something about them doing too little, too late, banning Trump from Twitter. I said that they're just as responsible as he is. They gave him a voice. And so is that the reason they banned you? Is that the reason they gave you? It, 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 I don't know. Oh, and come I on. You can find that tweet. Come on. That, that come email. on, Ralph. Come on. You know why you got banned. This is bullshit. I can't find any tweets. I, I can't get You don't know why account. you got banned from Twitter? You weren't interested to find out and read why you got I don't buy it. I don't buy it. You're the biggest yenta. There's no fucking way. You just got banned. You, like, know, you don't even know how long you're banned. You don't know if it's a lifetime banned or a well, ban or a suspension. That, after you keep saying I'm calling Jack Dorsey a Nazi, I probably will be banned forever. Well, a collaborator. collaborator. Well, you know what? I'll tell you what. I feel that there are a lot of Republicans who collaborated with uh, Trump, and we know who they are. Yeah. Ted Cruz, for one. That's right. You know, this whole idea of like, oh, the the election was fake. Come on, dudes. You know you're riling up these morons. Um, And And there is collaboration. and Lindsey Graham doesn't get a pass because he developed a backbone a little bit the other day. Yeah, but well, yeah, for five seconds. Yeah, yeah, there's no backbone there. But, you know, these guys know what they're doing, and uh, it's really reprehensible, honestly. So, but, but I mean, Ralph could conduct, you could even probably criticize Twitter without getting thrown off. There's something. There was something you you're, said you're or a way right. you said you're, it. I, you're 100% right. I'm not saying I was doing it with a precision. I, it was, I was blunt. And whatever I was saying, I was getting This is what gets you in people. trouble, though. You never, you I don't know. finesse anything, even at my okay, house. Okay, wait. Okay, listen here. Listen. That's my point. I found this. Hi, Ralph Sorella, your account. I'm going I'm to screenshot this and post it to Instagram. <laughs> um, <laughs> seems I'll throw me off. Um, Hi, Ralph Sorrell, your account. Ralph's Geek Time has been locked for violating the Twitter rules. Specifically, Specifically for violating our rules against abuse and harassment. You may not engage in the targeted harassment of someone or incite other people to do so. This includes wishing. I can't wish. This includes wishing or hoping that I didn't even read this before. This includes wishing or hoping that someone experiences physical harm. Are you kidding me? You can't wish. You can't wish that. <laughs> you can't wish. Approved. You can't write it on Twitter. Well, here's A the problem. If of- you wish physical harm to somebody, and moron on there can that. read it yep. and say, hey, yep. I'm going to carry out Ralph's wishes. That's what Trump does. He goes, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Very vague. And then the uh, the, the fans seem Stolen to think. Stolen election. Yeah, I'll so. straighten this out for our pal. <laughs> so I can't see what I can't see what I retweeted. Right. Um, what I was responding to. But I wrote, just keep reading what caps. Twitter wrote you. Just keep reading. <laughs> I'm reading. I'm reading what my tweet was, but I don't know what the, the tweet. I can't just read see. what the Twitter just read sent the you. Tweet. Read the tweet. No, I'm reading what I've tweeted. Lock him up. 
You also have my permission to execute Governor Cuomo. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag Judge Ralph. So when I looked at that, I go, holy shit, maybe it sounded like I I was saying execute Governor Cuomo. Yeah, that's that's what it does sound like. Yeah, and I didn't mean that. And I took that down right away. Like I was like, ooh, I didn't mean that. Listen, I'll tell you a fact. A couple of days ago, O.J. Simpson put out a video blasting the Capitol rioters, and he's still on Twitter. In other Look words, out. he um, this is a guy who, you know, depending on what you believe, might have killed two people. Uh, yeah, he no, he understands the, how to finesse Twitter and criticize without sort of getting thrown off. Mm-hmm. Well, here's what happened. Here's what, so... I think once that happened, all of a sudden I'm on their radar. So whatever their whatever their like group of people watching is, <laughs> Chris, and all of a sudden yeah, they I... were monitoring my every tweet. Chris, you're very close with Ralph as I am. Do, do, yeah. do these conversations infuriate you? Like, I mean, do they just drive <laughs> you crazy? Is, Chris is no, closer. I, uh, Chris is closer it's, it's to you your... than me. Ooh. Well, you know, I believe that. I believe that. Well, you you used to hang out with him more when he could yeah. come to your house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He texts you, you you've back. Never blown I, him, Ralph. Howard. I text. What is that? What you've did you never blown him. You've never blown him, Howard. So. <laughs> yeah, well, you probably have. <laughs> you know, but but it is amazing to me that uh, you say I don't text you back. I text you back when you write me something fumble, and it's like, um, let's get together and go through your closet together. And uh, yeah, I mean, dude, I'm not going to get on my phone and like set it up so you can watch me in my closet. Well, right. Uh, you got to get a clothes. camera now. And all yeah, now that I got to work. So he can... yeah, yeah, I'll, <laughs> he I'll let you know when clothes. I, you work for me. I'll let you know when I'm ready to work. You <laughs> don't have okay. to offer. Yeah. I also let you know that Bill Moore was back up. Yeah, but right? I knew Bill Moore. I had already seen Bill Moore. Oh, okay. Just, you know, no, I listen. I enjoy hearing I from you. Chris, it, when I texted Chris and I said to him, "Bill Maher's back on," he wrote me back and go, "I know, I saw it." Yeah, I already knew too. Yeah, and you know what I said? To, I said, "What the fuck? I'm in the middle of t- trying to hold together fifty things with this fucking radio show, family obligation, blah blah blah." <laughs> I don't have time to write. I, I know Bill Maher's back on. Bill Maher, Bill Maher wrote me and told me he's back on. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't need you. Bill Maher yeah, is yeah. reminding him. See, what, 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 are you, what, are, what are you, TV guide? <laughs> but well, Ralph's listen. Twitter was like that. He would go, hey, Sometimes... there's a great episode of Columbo on. Tune in. That <laughs> yeah. would be Twitter. <laughs> really? yeah. so I, like, I like he wants people to pay for that. Yeah. Like, like, like what, wait a second. Great episode. Of, I, 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 I I can't look at TV. Uh, I mean, well, he's gonna he's gonna like kind of. <laughs> hey, 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 Anymore. I'm like, no, oh I'm my God, you... my, my social life is over. He's not going to text <laughs> no, me anymore. Oh, Ralph, that? please keep texting me. Why are you saying it like it's a bother? It's not. I a like bother. being. Ta- I didn't say that. You're paranoid. You're the one you... saying you didn't write me back. I mean, dude, I didn't know okay. you were so needy. You're, you're, <laughs> you're my friend because you're not. It's like, dude, I got the message. Okay, dude, I become very needy. That's why I get thrown off Twitter.
this pandemic is this pandemic is tough, man. Can I give you an idea? Shit. I had an I'm idea medication. for you. Are you? Yes. Where did you what get you medication? On? Where did you? Don't you don't even have a doctor. What? Who needs a doctor? When do you, I don't even know that you have health insurance. I mean, Ralph, would, would you? What do you mean you're on medication? What are you on? I don't know. It's some. It's something light. I I, I don't know. What I like it is. how you don't know anything. Something you don't know why you got thrown off Twitter. Is it from the health store? What are you on? Doctor, what are you on? I don't. I don't think I should discuss. I don't feel like I need to. Sh- I'll, if you want to call me later, I'll tell you. I, I mean, like I don't know. Off the oh, top I didn't of my know it was a secret. You don't know. I, I, Wait a second. I, I you're on medication not, and you don't know what you're taking. I don't. You don't again, even I don't know what you're you. taking it for. <laughs> It's, Dude. Some, it's a light antidepressive. <laughs> oh, so I don't know. And it's, <laughs> a, 